0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to True Restoration. Here is your host. I'm your host, Jason Guardiano, and on this episode, I'm joined by Father Michael Oswald, pastor of St. Benedict's Roman Catholic Church in Lacey Spring, Alabama. Welcome, Father, and thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me again. I'm glad to be here.
0: We are pleased to present Escape from the Nova Sorto free of charge to our listeners by the generous sponsorship of Nova Sorto Watch, novasortowatch.org. Are you wondering what has happened to the Roman Catholic Church? Are you confused, shocked, alarmed at what Francis has been saying recently? Then log on to novasortowatch.org. for traditional Catholic news and information with insightful commentary and razor-sharp analysis. Since 2002, Sordo Watch has been exposing the Vatican II Church and its false popes by comparing and contrasting their new religion with the true religion, the modernist Nova Sordo teachings with the teachings of the Catholic Church. Go to novasortawatch.org. That's novasortawatch.org To see why Francis is not a true pope and how the modernist Vatican II sect differs from the Catholic Church. That's novasortawatch.org. To receive access to all Restoration Radio episodes, please visit restorationradionetwork.org and go to the member area on the menu bar to find out details on becoming a member. If you would like to purchase an individual episode, navigate to the available episode of your choice and simply click the links below the player on the page. After completing your purchase, you will be emailed a secure download link. Restoration Radio episodes are syndicated on iTunes and Stitcher. If you are listening to our content on those platforms, please be sure to leave us ratings and reviews. This will help those who are searching for truly Catholic programming to more easily find our content. You can find links to these two syndicates on our homepage. Uh, Escape from the Nova Sordo this is our fifth episode. Uh, The purpose of this show is to help give encouragement and guidance from a true Catholic priest, Father Michael Oswald, to help us. Uh, become Catholics in order to save our souls. So this episode, Father, uh, we're going to look at a few of the false solutions, or rather uh, looking at the Novosorto sect in its two sides of the same coin, the conservative and liberal. We've talked in an earlier episode about unity of faith, so how is this missing in the Novosorto, or where does this language of... Uh, liberal and conservative come from
1: well the the unity of of the faith of course uh, is is the one is one of the marks of the church is one holy catholic and apostolic and it you know what it means is that everyone believes the same thing and they 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 live the catholic faith the same way they worship the same way it's all one because the church is one and so you know there's no um Diversions of beliefs, um, practices, uh, etc. Unless, of course, you know it, it would be like of the uh, um, some of the Eastern Catholics uh, who are in union with Rome, etc. They have certain uh, different um, worship, uh, but nonetheless, that was um, in union with Rome is okayed by, of course, by the, the popes, etc. And so, but the beliefs, the dogs doctrine, and doctrines, the the practices, the disciplines, they're all you know, in in union, that's one of the the, the grand beauties of the faith is that uh, you you know I have a lot of older prisoners in my parish here, and you, you you know ask them all you know how things were prior to Vatican II and 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 some of them were in the military and they were stationed around the world, and they would all say the same thing is that you know I'd be going into a you know in World War Two or you know going into a church in Germany. And it it would be just like going to the same church where I was from in in Alabama, um, you know, it, or I'd go in you know, station somewhere wherever where it be. Uh, it was you'd walk into a Catholic church and it'd be the same worship, the same mass, the, the same you know beliefs. Uh, all of that was that the unity, that's uh, that's visible unity of, of belief, and you know that's the the beauty of the church. Now I, I in, in for like. What you have in, in, in the Nova Sordo, you have that that unity or what that belief is not concrete for many. It's very very gray. It's very um, it, it's almost as very uh, um, one can believe what they want sort of thing. And you see that well in in, in this kind of monikers that people have in the Nova Sordo you have liberals or the progressives or you have the conservatives or the traditionalists you know and and one has to ask themselves in a very just simple question is that how could that be because what those who are of the liberal mindset will believe something that is diametrically opposed to what those of the conservative mindset believe so the conservatives will often Try to uphold and believe all the dogmas and doctrines of the church. They'll believe in you know the transubstantiation. They'll believe in all the moral uh, evils. Uh, uh, you know, abortion is 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 a sin. Is wrong. It's evil, etc. All that sort of thing. Um, and they'll try to uphold that. Whereas the liberals um, will be very like the modernists uh, will be very um, ambiguous in their language. They'll um, say they'll they'll you bang about the words. Uh, you know, we have to be compassionate, we have to be charitable or or pastoral, and, uh, you know, and they'll take the... There's a difference in the liberal's mind of what the dogmas and doctrines of the church say and how they're applied and how they're lived. And, you know, basically, as somehow one could take the dogmas and doctrines and beliefs of the church and... You know, if it fits in how we live today, et cetera, then it's okay. If it doesn't, then we don't have to believe it. That's kind of the liberal modernist mindset in that regard. Whereas more of the conservatives will say, no, I mean, this is is how we try to live. But so you have a division between the liberals and the conservatives. And, you know, really, I think uh, that problems began um, really with the Protestant revolt. Uh, you know, the revolt uh, against the church um, by Luther and all his cohorts, and began to infect the world with that mindset of private interpretation of, I can, you know, believe what I want, or I can form things how I want to believe, or interpret things how I want them to be interpreted outside, or or not using anybody outside myself or any objective truth, but what I think subjectively. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of how that infected the world with that. And then, you know, that's what you have the division, really, of of the, the conservatives and the liberals in the Notice Ordo. But, you know, the the liberals will often reject, again, a lot of the dogma and the doctrines. They'll, you know, you have nuns who, in the Notice Ordo who promote abortion, um, who, you know, uh, um, or women's rights or that sort of their culture and whatever kind of ambiguous language, or they're very... You know, they're, especially now, they're, you know, with these, with the sins that cry out for vengeance from heaven, you know, the all the homosexual things that's going on, et cetera, you know, they're very vocal about, you know, we have to be tolerant and all that sort of thing. And so they're rejecting all sorts of dogmas and doctrines and morality, etc. cetera, and, um, in a more visible way. But the conservatives also, too, is that although they may tend to try to uphold the dogmas and doctrines of of the church, and you know, they, they try to abide, you know, believe in the morality. They don't, they don't, and they often condemn, and I was one of them too, you know, you kind of look at the liberals and point your fingers, like, how could you do that? You have to believe, in, and that's good. But unfortunately, which I, you know, had to come to realization for myself as well, because like you said earlier, it's the same coin, it's just different sides, because if I am saying that <clears throat> this church that I'm in is the Catholic church, the Vatican II church, I'm saying that that's that, and I'm saying that the the priests and bishops and pope, etc. I'm calling them that, that they are the magisterium, that I then have to be submissive. I have to be obedient to them, because that's the church. But conservatives aren't. They'll do, they're the ones who often will do the, what we call the the resisting, you know, they'll say, well, I'm just going to resist this bishop or this. In fact, now they're saying you know they're resisting Bergoglio, you know Francis, and and we're resisting that, you know, as as if it's a a good thing. And it'd be it would be okay if that wasn't the church, um, which it is. And of course, we know that it's not the church. It's not the Catholic Church, but yet they think it is. So you can't resist authority in the Catholic church. You have to be obedient to it. Unless of course it's telling you something evil or directing you in, a, in a, but universally this is being taught as this is the, this is the new theology. This is the new morality. This is, you know, the new canon law. This is the new mass. It is now promulgated universally for the whole church and for, for everyone must uh, abide by it. So, you know, it's the same coin. It's, it's a, it's a uh, disobedience ultimately, uh, which it boils down to, and again, it's not. in, One looks at it as a, one may think they're doing good, you know, when they, by resisting or, you know, <laughs> they may believe that this is, you know, how it's supposed to be. But you know, to be to be a Catholic, one one has to submit. One has to be obedient to the church, to um, the authority of the church, and so, you know, it's that. But it's that um, you know that kind of Protestant mindset that uh, which is all really is nothing really new um because it goes all the way back to lucifer when he, you know Nom Serbian, i will not serve i will not serve unless i serve how i want to serve or how i want to believe and, um, or whatever it may be in that regard and so that's a that's a mindset uh, that has infected of course the world um and you know that's something that uh, you see um uh, Quite rampant in the Norse Ordo is that uh, you know you have this this mass confusion where you have people who will um, you know say you have and I did the same thing you we would uh, parish shop so to speak mean um, have so you have your local parish uh, you know all of a sudden you get a priest in there who is really liberal and you're you're more conservative and so you say well I'm going to look for someone another parish closer who has a you know, more conservative priest, whatever. And so you go there. Um, and, but, you know, and of course the liberals will do the same thing, but just for a liberal. And so, you know, you have, it's this, uh, it's really ultimately disunity. It's pitting one against the other within the church. Now, um, you know, in regards, but this is in regards to belief and to dogmas and doctrines. And, and you know, that the church has always had, I mean, Good Catholics and there's always been good Catholics and bad Catholics in the church. You know, bad bad Catholics in regards to, you know, maybe they don't live their faith, etc., or they're very weak in their faith. But it never was uh, to where to the point where someone could take and choose what they want. Because before, bad Catholics knew that they were bad Catholics. They knew, okay, I know I'm supposed. The church says I'm supposed to be doing this, but I'm not. But now you have the, so Vatican II has made it so ambiguous for people. Has become so. Like a Smorgasbord, Smurz, you know, like a, a you can kind of pick and choose what you want or how you want to do it, as long of course as you don't pick too conservatively or too traditionally. You know, you can kind of find your niche, whatever it may be, and and you know, be happy in your own little world um, and do things how you want to do it, and you know, and you know, it's fine. And so, but that's the the problem uh, with the uh, you know those. With uh, the four marks of the church are visible marks. I mean, they're, 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 you can see them. You can see how the church is one, how it's holy, how it's um, Catholic, how it's universal, etc. I mean, you see, it, it, you see, you can see it. It's visible marks. And and you look at Vatican II, and you don't, you see something visible, but it certainly is not unity. It's certainly not you know that oneness. It's certainly not what you see as division. And you see division pitted against each other. And you know Catholics as being the ch- part of the Church militants, um, which we are. We have, we're have the Church militants, you have the Church triumphant in heaven, you have the Church suffering in and purgatory, and you have the Church militant. And, you know, we're all, all those separated in those realms, et cetera, and we're we're all one, supposed to be. Uh, you know, they have the Church triumphant who's praying for us here in the Church militants to, to persevere to the end. We have the church militants here praying for the church suffering so that they, you know, expiate any attachment to sin so they can go to heaven quick, uh, more quickly. So you know you have this, you know, just I mean it, it's a family. It truly is a, a, a what it is, a family a, with one mind. It, it's and uh, one and so it's very visible in that regards where, like I said, you have you know within the order, you have order you have everyone pitted against each other in regard. Um, but not just pitted against each other because of, you know, well, you know, personalities or, you know, we don't get along or something like that. It's pitted against each other in regards to the crux of the faith, the belief of the faith, the dogmas and doctrines, the the, the praxis of the faith. And so, you know, that's that's a, 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 a sure sign, you know, when you have that grand um, disunity, that grand enmity, that grand, um, you know, pitting against each other. Um, in that regard, it's uh, uh, of Catholics. You know, you know something that must be not right. But our Lord, of course, reminded us, you know, that there will be a time when one is pitted against each other, or you know, father against his son, mother against his daughter. But you know, he wasn't. He, he was saying that. I mean, that's basically um, the the fight against the world of flesh and the devil. I mean, that you know, we're we're at war in that regards, but you know, as far as the Catholic Church is that those within the church are supposed to be united, um in that and believe the same, worship the same and um, you know, have the same idea of getting to heaven and this is what it is. So you have uh that's why you have, you know, the 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 whole uh for the conservatives within the Millesordo, I mean, now I mean they're certainly um suffering greatly in regards to you have uh, um you know this this uh, uh bergoglio on you know uh, what he's doing and, and and it's almost to the point now where when you talk within the Soto, i remember distinctly talking this way too it's very political uh, uh, political language like you know in political language in the, our country we have what we have two parties, Republican and, and Democrat, and, you know, liberals and conservatives. We have, you know, we have a division there. And, and so someone, you know, the conservatives try to get a conservative president in there. And if they get a conservative president there, then the, then the conservatives are happy. Um, and the liberals are gnashing their teeth and waiting for that president to, you know, end his office so they can get a liberal in there. And when they get a liberal in there, then, um, you know, then, uh, you know, they're happy. The conservatives then are on the, defensive and, and uh even though it's the same thing it's the same coin it's just different size but um so but that's kind of the mindset you have today in the notice ordo with a pope you know well they can't wait now to to you know they're pining away how ratzinger they're looking at Ratzinger somehow some you know grand tradition or they're just pining away and we wish we had it you know had that again and so but they're waiting for the new the new pontiff to come in to you know you know, begin the reform of the reform again, and the rights, write the church again back to where it should be. And liberals now, of course, are are ecstatic in, in what what's happening. Um, but it it doesn't work that way. It never has worked that way for the church. And so, you know, it's just a, another when one steps back and just begins to analyze critically, objectively, and and uh, say, okay, I mean, can these can this really happen if this is the church? And really the answer is no. You know, you, you, you can't have that disunity uh, as the, one of the marks of it, of the church. Um, granted, you have, again, you have bad Catholics and good Catholics always within the, the bosom of the church, of course, but it's uh, um, not in regards to that of being the, the practice, the, the um, universal practice of, uh, of the faithful is that they can have somehow pick and choose, well, I'm going to be a liberal, or I'm going to be conservative. I mean, there should be, there is no choice. That you're either Catholic or not. So that's kind of the the crux of the, you know, the. I remember myself going through when I was in the kind of realizing that sort of situation, and uh, you know, and it is, and you said, said to the right, is it the same coin. It's just different. It's just different sides of that same coin. Um, but you know, it, it's if you're the Vatican two as the Catholic Church, then you have to be obedient to it, which neither the conservative nor the liberal within the Novus Ordo Church is. So, you know, that's the fundamental sort of question that we had to face.
0: Uh, so, Father, the, if you're saying the crux of the matter is you recognize the Nova Ordo as a true church or not, for yourself, when did you first see those clues, or when did God first provide that grace to, to lead you toward becoming a Catholic? Um, well,
1: it's kind of like, uh, I wish I could say that it was, you know, one moment, it was like one, one, you know, just a flash of lightning and I, it all came to me at that one um, moment, but I'd have to say it was more like, um, it was more like a, a dripping of water on a rock that, it, uh, you know, just eventually just kept eroding away, eroding away. Um, it was just many things that began to, what happened in, in, what i unfortunately would do is that so something would happen or you come across something and i would just sort of compartmentalize it and just you know say well that's just a moment one moment and then you just kind of put it in a little box and you put it away and forget about it <clears throat> well what i should have done is like i should have rather than looking just at the tree i should have st- stepped back and looked at the forest and and saw that all these little moments though but they all have a a there's a common denominator between you know behind it and and they all kind of fit together and and it wasn't just you know one bad priest or one bad bishop here when it, you have to look at the whole the general understanding of it and so mine was a was a quite a, it was a long process it was um, um, probably in the seminary where they really began in the seminary um, probably my second year I think in the seminary um, where. I think the the at least maybe the catalyst was is that you know I, I uh, we came from a conservative family um, fairly conservative family in that regards and so that helped a lot but then in seminary I think the the beginnings of it the catalyst was um, um, the second year I think when we begin to began to delve a little bit into theology um, we had our first Christology class and Christology is uh, study of our Lord, it's an understanding of our Lord, There's all the dogmas and doctrines associated with the belief from the second person of the Holy Trinity, etc., and all, and the instructor was you know, supposed to be a priest. He had stood up in front of the class, and uh, first day of class, and one of his first words out of his mouth was, you know, you do not have to believe all the dogmas and doctrines of the church. And you know we're talking about Christology, you know, study of Christ, and this is what he's saying. So he, he's really saying you don't have to believe all that, you know, what has been the church has taught about our Lord, you know, which leaves it open for all kinds of stuff, you know. And uh, so that that didn't sit well, obviously, uh, for some of us. And um, so uh, that was the kind of the first catalyst um, to where I would actually then go and begin to study myself. I would compare. We had a great library. And I would go back to the old theological manuals. Um, I would spend hours and hours in the library just reading over those and comparing those to what I was taught that day in class or uh, the books that I, you know, the new books we had for our class. And um, and it just began to not fit. And, you know, things that that could change, you know, some things that the church could change, say even like... Some of the uh, slight disciplines you know like the eucharistic fast or something which the pope or, or the holy church could could change yes you can see some of those things but yet many things the church could not change in regards to divine law or, or in regards to uh, morality or sin and, and um, they were being changed they were being taught to be changed and so um and that was just a long process again little it just kept you know, little moments, little actual graces there that was sent here all throughout seminary and into the parish after I was quote-unquote ordained. Um, you know, you begin to just, more and more I began to see not just the tree in front of me, I began to look at the whole picture, and only by the grace of God, only by the hands of our Blessed Mother was able to, uh, you know, finally at some, at, you know, at one point, you, you know, it all clicked, and, 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 and uh, so, you know, but it wasn't like a, you know, it, it took a long time uh, for me, anyway. I mean, I I call myself—I always call myself—you know—God's idiot instrument. I'm not all that. I'm not all that. Sometimes, uh, um, I don't. It takes me a while sometimes to catch on. Uh, you know, to and but I'm. But I think because of my experience that I had to, you know, go through six years of seminary, had to, you know, be quote unquote ordained and being in a parish and all that. I, I saw behind the curtain. Um, you know, I saw, you know, the the that the the great Oz so to speak, you know, from the Wither of Oz wasn't was nothing other than um little demon you know that was there. It wasn't I saw behind the scenes and I saw um you know, so I, I have a perspective, a unique cer- certain unique perspective in that regards to where um, you know, I, I not only saw it from the pew and I can see those things, but I know the mindset behind the curtain and what's really driving things.
0: We would like to remind you that you're listening to Escape from the Nova Sordo on the Restoration Radio Network. I'm your host, Jason Gordiano, and I'm joined by Father Michael Oswald, and today we've been discussing two sides of the same coin, Novus Sordo liberals and conservatives. We want to remind you that Escape from the Nova Sordo is a production of the Restoration Radio Network. All rights are reserved, and any duplication without explicit written permission is forbidden. To obtain permission, please write to mail at truerestoration.org it is interesting looking at the Novosordo and leaving it that or escaping from it that in a way it is a relief because you know, being a quote unquote liberal or quote unquote conservative is just seems to be ways to cope of trying to be a what what at least is what appears to be the Catholic Church today, being able to leave that tension where as a liberal you're doing everything you can to sanitize your church to the world, or as a conservative attempting to reclaim your, your uh, Catholic inheritance, how do people uh, accept that, that, that what they see in the Novus Ordo isn't the Catholic Church? How, how do you make that step? Because that's, that's the biggest problem is people having to cope with, with leaving. And where do they go?
1: Right. No, it is. Uh, it is uh, to recognize that, and I've discussed this in most of our talks. Is uh, you know, first you, you know, one has to pray. You know, pray for the truth. You know, pray. There are times, you know, even when I, even now, when I'm talking to someone in the sordo and you know, we maybe have a discussion on that, and and it comes to, as many times it often does, an impasse. You know, there's you just there's no. I can't them see, I can't make them see, you know, the logic of it, et cetera. So, I'll, you know, we'll just say, listen, well, here's what I want to do. Just every day in your rosary, make the intention that you want to see the truth. Just whatever it may be, just be open to the truth and and, and ask a blessed mother for um, her hand to help you to see that. Uh, put yourself at the feet of our Lord um, to, to ask him often, you know, increase my faith. Let me see, Lord, that I may see. If you do that, and as time goes on, you begin to see things. You do begin to see more more things more clearly, and the the uh, veil begins to come down little by little in, in that regards. And for most of the the conservatives and the and the liberals, even too as well, you know what they're trying to do. They're trying to make sense of the situation that they're in, because the conservatives, of course, you know they're um they're they're they were like me you know you 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 read you know um all these old books you know written way before Vatican two you know and you have uh you know you you read the even the you know like the council of trends you read and you see and you have a a pretty good under understanding of what the church is or what it looks like and what it's supposed to be in, in that regard and you look and try to apply that and you look around to to Vatican too and you again begin to see this doesn't make sense. This this doesn't fit. It's you know what I've all these Lies of the Saints that I've read, all the in regards to the or or whatever it may be that I've been reading of Free Vatican II things, it's just it doesn't apply or doesn't make sense to what I see now in Vatican II. And so you begin to try to make sense of it. And often that means for a conservative you begin to kind of close your eyes <clears throat> or at least begin to put blinders on. And you begin to, again, look for um, places or things that, you know, looks more like the perception one has of what the church is or what should be. And so, you know, that's that's where all the indults, you know, would come in. You know, and, and so you begin to kind of close your eyes and put those blinders on. You don't want to look at the, the grander picture and you begin to be kind of... You look for a little hole in the fence to to jump into and just hunker down and say, okay, I'm happy now because I don't have to look at uh, those things. Yeah, comes across it, but I'll ignore it. You know, I did that for a while too. And but then the liberals, you know, the liberal mindset with the liberals, with their whole idea of the church is is the antithesis, is the almost exact opposite of what the church was. And, you know, they'll look at things prior to Vatican II and they'll. Uh, um have all kinds of things to say and in fact one of my instructors in the seminar used to call that the Catholic ghetto prior to Vatican II. He says, oh, I'm glad, I'm so glad we're out of a Catholic ghetto. You know, we don't, uh, you know, we as if that was a bad thing and but, you know, so you have these, these liberals. Are, their whole mindset is, okay, we're we're out to form the church um, as it should be, as if somehow the church has failed for 2,000 years and, and now it's, you know, we're really going to now you know, know what the church teaches and do what the church teaches. And again, moral instruction uh, uh, in the seminary, uh, teachers uh, had said, you know, the church didn't know anything about marriage until Vatican II. Um, as is somehow, you know, and, and like the church somehow began, which it did, really, for, in reality, the, the, not the Catholic church, but the Vatican II church began at Vatican II. And so, you know, you have these uh some are open to to see the truth others are not and you know and it first always comes with with prayer is that you have to keep praying to see the truth but yet when you it's the it's the old adage you know be careful what you pray for because you know you're you might get it and and so those who are praying to see the truth you know some of them have seen um and saw that, wait a minute, that can't be the church. you know and you're starting to have and I, and I think I heard some of the other traditional priests uh, are saying too, you know they're having more people more conversions from Vatican II to um, you know to their their chapels and to the true, the true church and so you're, you're, people are gradually starting to see, but the key is, is that you can see it if you, be, if you ask for it and you are open to it and you see it, then you have to do something about it and Um, and you're right, that's a hard step for many is that because, you know, once you see that that's not the church, um, that that cannot be the Catholic church, no longer can one claim ignorance then, and no longer can one just say, well, I, it's just, I'm going to go along and, and et cetera. And you have to do something about it. And, you know, your soul depends on that. And I often will say, and. Again, that's, but that's our Lord's realm in regards to He knows the hearts and minds. He'll have to do that and, and judge that. But I often would tell people that once I saw, once I understood, or at least um, um, the, the general principle of the things that are going on that, that wasn't the Catholic Church, if I would have stayed, and I'm talking, and I always tell people, I'm talking about myself. If I would have stayed, I would have lost my soul guaranteed. You know, I'm pointing to my finger at myself. Because I underst I, I I didn't quite understand the int- intricacies, you know, what's going on, et cetera. But in just a simple way, I understood that that wasn't the church. If that wasn't the church, I had to flee, um, because um, you know, I mean, that's that salvation is in the church, and so that's a hard thing for for many. And and oftentimes it comes down to human respect, is that you know, when you leave, when you have to make that decision, you realize you you you're going to. You're going to have to turn your back on many things. It's not that you're being uncharitable or, or you know wanting to. Of you know, what's basically what you're doing, even though you may not mean to do it, is that you're pointing your finger. You're saying, "Wait a minute, that's not the church." So you're pointing your finger in a sense that those who are still there and, and saying, "You know, that's not the Catholic Church." You don't mean to do that. You're just looking for your own sake, for your own soul at this point. But you're you're so you're cutting ties with. You know all those, you know people who are, your even family that are in the Novus Ordo, and, and you know there's a there's a divide there. I mean there is a divide, and you know there's always a divide between those uh, who are Catholic and not Catholic, is that you know there's a there's a division there. So it, again, it's not you're not being uncharitable or you're not being you know wanting to just, you know, but the reality is that you are. You have to you know, you're cutting ties in a certain sense. And and sometimes, you know, families, I mean, they'll just think you're just crazy and they'll accept you and this, you know, but you're just, you know, just odd and crazy. They'll other times, you know, you know, you're going to, you might lose some family members or friends because of that. And, you know, that's often the price one has to pay, but it's, it's a test for us, you know, is human respect more powerful or that of desire to save one's soul? I mean, that's, you know that's the that's really the kind of the first test that's going to be thrown at those who are are you know uh, realizing what's going on. And, you know because you're you're going to get all kinds of um um I don't say persecution per se but it, it's going to be difficult. Um, and it's the, it's kind of the irony of of Vatican II is that you know I when I had to do um, um I had to do this uh. What, what we call CPE, Clinical Pastoral Education, or something like that, or experience. It's basically, as a and I was in a hospital setting with a group of other people who were in their seminaries, Protestants, etc. And We had to all come together, and it was supposed to be how to learn how to um, minister to uh, people in the hospital, but really it wasn't. It was just, you know, this sort of Protestant thing of, you know, ecumen- ecumenism, et cetera. But, the leader one of the leaders of that of that uh group for our summer wasn't she was probably 75 but she was an ex nun and um she um and, and I at that point that was about my third I think or fourth year in seminary and I was pretty well entrenched in being conservative um and uh being visibly that way and she right from the very first day she hated me I mean literally I mean you could just feel the I mean she'd look at me like with hate and uh, um, because she you know she was very liberal and uh, but her she had told us to hold a class one time and her what she said she does in her parish she would have people come to her because you know being an ex nun you know I guess she had some sort of authority or something I don't know but they would come to her for counseling and and oftentimes it would be because of you know, they were questioning their faith. And her response, which she told all of us, is what she would do is just, oh, by all means, go be a Lutheran or go be a, you know, it's okay, you know, there, go be whatever, you know, even, you know, go be a Buddhist. Which, by the way, a Buddhist was one of our one of our other instructors, but nonetheless. um So, but she would counsel them to do that. So she had all this okay for all these other, you know, oh, go be that, go be that. But for... Those who are trying to be Catholic, oh, no, you can't be that. She had nothing but venom and hatred for that. So you're going to have that sort of kind of same mindset. If, you, if someone is going to be a traditional Catholic and, and begins to say, you know, their family or their friends and then their local parish church, you know, I'm going to this chapel over here. They have the Latin mass. You know, how could that be that that's not the church? You'll find that that's the only time people will get up in arms. If you were to tell them, yeah, oh, you know, I'm gonna to go to this, this uh, you know, charismatic um, mega church, you know, and they got good music, you know, it's all happy and that, and they're like, oh, that's, oh, that's too bad, but I, whatever makes you happy. But if you tell them, you know, I'm going to be a traditional Catholic, you know, prepare for a persecution, and, and but that's certainly a, a sign that, um, you know, that's you're on the right road uh, in that regard. So. You know, one has to be open to the truth and see the truth and pray for it and study. I just have to study, and um, but at the same time, when you're confronted with that, you have to be prepared to to make that step. And and one thing that that helped me um, immensely, because we build our minds. um, This um, we often will build things up in our minds to the point of as an impossibility. As we look at, you know, making that step like we're trying to step across the Grand Canyon. But in reality, the step that we need to make is just a little baby step. <clears throat> and then once we make that little baby step, then we realize, oh, then the graces will start to kick in. And then, oh, okay, and then we make another step, another step, another step. And then we find ourselves that we're cooperating more and more with, with grace, with actual grace, and hopefully then sanctifying grace once, you know, we... Um, you know, we say the true sacraments. It's a trend. You know, you know, we're beginning to then make those steps, but it's not as if there's a, a the Grand Canyon that we have to cross. Um, but you know, sometimes you know we'll we'll make those kind of excuses because we 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 know it's going to be hard. We know it's going to be hard, but uh, we try to make it to the point where well, it wants to. It's too hard. It's too difficult. Near impossible. And as for myself. You know, I mean, yeah, I was, uh, when I decided, I mean, I came to the point where, you know, I realized this and realized the truth and I and, uh, had to leave. I was wondering, um, because I knew, you know, once I left, you know, number one, um, how am I going to eat? How am I, you know, I, what was I going to do? I mean, I, I didn't. You know, I I I I'd assume then at that point I just regulated myself like, well then I guess you know I'll just I come, I'll just go get a job at McDonald's or something you know and, I'll, and, I, and, and but so I tried to at the first I was like playing this game of oh it's just too difficult how you know how am I going to support myself how am I going to you know etc cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. and then there were it's legitimate under you know legitimate legitimate things you have to think about but then I just put that baby step first it's like okay well I put it in God's hands okay. I see this is the truth in it, and, and, and uh, if this is what I'm, you know, then I have, and I, I begged, and, I, and I, our Lord said, "Okay, I'm putting myself in your hands. You have to provide." Of course, our Lord says in the Gospels, "He will." You know, it's just our minds that, you know, kind of resist that. So, I'm surprising enough, you know, I to this day, you know, I have, I don't know where sometimes uh, some things happen where, you know, I'm able to. You know, maybe pay off this thing or this buy this thing that I need, or you know, for the for math or whatever. Yes, I, have, I don't know, I'm, but God will provide. And so, you know, it's it's you're going to face all kinds of these things, whether they be on the spiritual level or the, in the temporal level. But you know, it, it, it's uh, the fundamental thing is that you have to pray for the to for the truth. You have to be really pray for the uh, the to be open to the truth. And you have to pray then to follow through with it. Um when you do see it um and you know that's that's um it it's difficult because we often our minds make it difficult, but the more we trust and put confidence in God, the more then of course we 're able to persevere and you are going to lose friends, probably you may even lose family i for three years i didn't wasn 't able to talk to my family, but you know after a while it i you know it it worked out but um it 's just some of the things sacrifices that you well, you'll have to make and we all had to make at some point. All of the all traditionalists had to make some sacrifice and still do. And and their faith is constant sacrifice and which is a good thing. Um which means that we're doing something right.
0: Yes, father, so in the end it's not oh you're just attending mass in the wrong part of the country that's you know not conservative enough or you know you're you're being too strict. You've uh you know just just be reasonable father just just be uh just rationalize a little bit you know why is this so important what happens with francis at least at least people are talking about about francis with everything he says right it's, it's not it's not about absurdity. preference
1: <laughs> yes no you're right it's it's not about preference um you know it's it's you know because we have to understand if it's if it's left to ourselves and this is something that you know we you know we have to understand you know about ourselves is that uh, you know we're sinners you know we're we're infected uh, or, or or by the stain of original sin you know we have a tendency for the concupiscence to gravitate towards evil i mean we have a tendency to do that, and if left to un if uh, unfettered of ourselves and left to our own devices we'll we'll gradually we'll gravitate towards that we'll gravitate towards. Comfort and ease, and and we'll do things you know as easily, and try to do things as easily as we possibly can. And so the church is always there to remind us. No, you know we have to, as the Lord says we have to take up our cross every day. Um, we have to die to ourselves. We have to crucify ourselves every day, and our our die to our will to do God's will. And it's not about preference, about what I prefer, because you know if it was what I if it was about preference again that's what you have in Vatican too is that you have a, a nice uh, um, you know buffet to choose from. You can choose to be conservative, you can choose to be liberal, you can choose, you know, even to be a part of the indults, uh, you know, go there, et cetera. And everyone has a choice to do that. Well no. I mean either you're either Catholic or not and you're you're either one or not. And so it is it is ultimately an absurdity. You're right. When when uh you begin to try to choose things for yourself and and outside of that of the church and <clears throat> what the church demands of us and there are demands. And, um, you know, one thing that, that it's kind of like, you know, that's the Vatican too, kind of plays on that, um, really, um, that, that, uh, the whole understanding, you know, that they've pushed and, and the the true, uh, they'll say, yes, we have a certain dignity because we are made in the image and likeness of God. We are, sons and daughters of, of, of God, and, and so we have a, a certain dignity there, but it's one that we have to live up to, and we, the one that we, we have to put into practice, is that it's just not, you know, because the whole thing, I remember John Paul II always talking about, you know, the dignity of the person, dignity of this, and well, that is, it's true to, a, to an extent, but there's a responsibility attached to that, that we have to live a certain way, we have to reflect that properly in in light of truth and and i remember um in the nosoro too just just to kind of put a a, a capper on that is that there i remember there's this one lady who after mass you know nosoro mass but coming up to me and, and you know kind of distraught and she kept saying to me um i think it was after sunday or something and says well you know I can't. I can't pray that anymore. And I didn't know what she was talking about. She kept saying, you know, I can't. I can't pray that anymore. I can't pray that prayer anymore. And I, and I it's like, well, what are you talking about? You know, what can't you pray? And she says, well, you know, in, in the mass, or, you know, when we when we pray, you know, Lord, I'm not worthy. You know, et cetera. You know, they, the words are different in the sort of, but basically the crux is the same. Crux is the same. You know? I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm only, you know say the word, and I shall be healed, or that would say in the most almost order. She said, I can't say that anymore. And I said, well, why? She says, because I am worthy. I am worthy to receive. I am worthy. I am, you know, basically, it's the mindset where it wasn't too long even after that, to where somebody came often to, in fact, it became a little bit more prevalent. So some people would come to the communion and, and receive, and, you know, you, you say the, uh, we say uh, what the uh, body of Christ, you know, and they would say Amen. And but I would say, you know, the body of Christ, and they would respond, not Amen. They would say, Yes, I am. <laughs> wow. And, you know, you, you 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 know, but that's the, you know, it's a it's a misunderstanding of, you know, our own sinfulness, our own weakness, our own understanding that we. Because then we begin to rely more upon ourselves and and ultimately kind of start to think, you know, I'm, I'm kind of godlike, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, already there. I am I don't need to work on myself. I don't need to die to myself. I can, you know, that, that, you know, maybe not explicitly people are saying that or or thinking that, but that's really ultimately how they kind of be informed is, you know, there's a, a puffed up kind of thing is that then then if that's true then I can just choose what I want because it's all right. You know, whatever I choose then will be right. Liberal, conservative, in I don't have to, you know, worry about other things. It's just basically it's enough to my own choice and my own
2: preference.
0: Oh uh, well father, uh, as we close out this episode we've covered the Novosoto sect, uh two sides of the same coin, the Liberals and the Conservatives, and and we've talked a little bit about how to Come to this realization that the sort of sect is, or the Vatican II Church is not the Catholic Church, and though what you're called to do to, to save your soul. Um, I want to thank Father Michael Oswald for his time and being with us on this episode. Um, is there anything else you would like to add in summary, Father, before we close out our episode?
1: Um, nothing other than that. to What I always say is, you know, we 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 have to continue to. Uh, pray, uh, pray, and sacrifice, and you know, we just had uh, um, the great uh, feast of the Sacred Hearts um, just uh, last uh, last week, and, and uh, it's just a reminder to us of you know, although as far as us traditional Catholics and the Church her- herself, of course, is, is seems to be small compared to the, the rest of the world, is that we, by our prayers and our sacrifices, uh, not only are we praying for perseverance for ourselves uh, in 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 the faith, but also we're praying and sacrificing for others as well, that they too may see the truth and that, um, you know, we are making reparation. We can make reparation to our Lord in the sacred hearts, uh, you know, console him as he had you know, reminded St. Gertrude, he reminded uh, St. Margaret Mary by there, you know, you console me. And so it's a great privilege we have, uh, even though we live in very dangerous and difficult times, uh, we have still a great privilege. Uh, to be able to, to do that, to be able to not only persevere in our faith, but we can help others to uh, convert for their conversion. And, um, you know, we we give glory to God when we do it, and we, we uh, console the Lord in His sacred heart. So, you know, you're going to see as time goes on, especially in this probably month of June, you'll see, you know, what the Supreme Court's probably going to, I'm sure, um, you know, okay, the grand morality of for the land of our country, you're going to see. Of course, you have Bergoglio's, you know, communistic uh, um, ecology encyclical coming out and all the, f- the flap that's it's going to have. You're going to see as time goes on, you know, the ascendant of the family coming. you see all these things are just going to be seemingly piling on and piling on. Um, but always you have to keep in mind is that, you know, we are in, uh difficult times, yes, but we certainly by our prayers and our sacrifices are, are is what's gonna not only keep us moving forward and, and keeping ourselves uh uh clinging to the faith, but uh, actually helping others, cleaning, throwing those seeds for others as well. Um, so you know, the as I said I think I said in my sermon last Sunday, is that you know, discouragement and despair are, are not words in the Catholic's vocabulary. Is that, you know, yes, we there are times when we can get a little bit down, yes, it's it's natural, but Never despair, um, and never get caught up in, in, a, in a grand, uh, deep discouragement and, and things. Because keeping in mind, God's always in control. Um, he's nothing happens outside His will, and you know this is why we do this program too to help others to see that as well. But to give encouragement and edification um, to to Catholics, uh, you know, traditional Catholics as well, to you know, keep fighting the good fight um, each and every day.
0: Thank you, Father. Uh, and Father's sermons can be heard at the website st-benedict-hsv.org and uh, what else can uh, people find there father
1: um you can see there not only my my senior sermons but also my um my last catechism series that I had put uh, um on we had put on the website uh, a weekly uh, catechism class uh, on Novis Ordo uh, for this time and uh, we take we've taken a break now for the summer but uh so we have the sermons that are on there and also the catechism
0: classes that are on there
1: as well if one would like to listen as well as um, the bulletin and pictures and all that sort of thing as well
0: and again that's the website is st-benedict-hsv.org oh well once again uh, father thank you for your time and we'll talk to you again next month as we continue this series god bless you
1: okay thank you god bless you
0: if you have any questions for Father Michael Oswald or feedback on this episode, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at escape at and we will pass along your questions or comments to Father Oswald. And we would also take this moment to remind you that all correspondence with us are strictly confidential. All of us here at the Restoration Radio Network would ask that if you found this show to be informative, helpful, or in any way beneficial to you and your faith, that you please consider sending a note of thanks to the clergy who helped make our network worthwhile. Remember that above and beyond material contributions, the most important donation you can make to our work here is prayer. Please think of offering a Mass, a Rosary, or even a simple Ave for our work the next time you pray. For the Restoration, I am Jason Gordiano. May God bless you.
1: out okay um you know where where can i go um eventually here um because you're eventually you're gonna whatever bishop you go with uh whoever you go with is that you're you're eventually going to have to spend some time um in studies again uh, maybe not uh you know a long maybe not years years but at least, uh, at least probably at least a couple maybe a couple years of of revisiting your studies of uh, maybe even you know directly seminary uh, for year or two or whatever, depends on the bishop. Um, but you're going to have to, you know, in a certain sense, you're going to have to start over. But the key is is that you've already had a lot. You've already had a lot of formation. Hopefully, you know, but, but the, the sheer fact that you you are leaving is that at least you, you had or at least gleaned on some of the good formation of the, at least this, uh, in that regard. So there's a lot of things you're going to have to to learn again or learn anew um, and check out, you know, the things that you have learned to make sure that they were correct, et cetera. And the priests and the bishops are very good at doing that um, and uh, helping you along. And it could be, you know, how many years or maybe whatever, like I said, it depends. Um, but you're going to have to prepare yourself that, you know, you'll have to do that, um, you know, just to uh, to be able to to revisit those studies and, and then you'll go through the these steps. Uh, of priesthood, um, you know all the whole whole you know, uh, steps. You may get all the you, for those who it might be like I said a shorter certainly a shorter time I would think than someone who's just uh, already studying in the seminary and the traditional seminary. But um, but uh, you, these are a lot of things you kind of have to prepare for because you know you you you're basically you're going from I, I, you thought you were a priest, you know, that you worked hard through all these, through seminary, et cetera, you do all these things, you, you, know, you thought you were a priest, to then all of a sudden going back from that to basically the first rung again. Um, and that's a hard step. It took, I mean, that was very difficult, and, and um, but it's necessary because it certainly made me, hum- made me more humble, I know that, um, and that um, ultimately plays... Very well in in a priest life as well. So, um, so there's a lot of things uh, that one could do, but you, you know you have to realize, okay, I have to leave, um, I have to break, I have to, um, and, and uh, it could be, you know, uh, basically a, a direct, uh, you know, just saying, you if you're strong enough to to you know, have it out in a certain sense, uh, you know, with the bishop saying, you know, this is why and et cetera what have whatever and face to face, it won't be great. Uh, but could right away they just just write your resignation, your letter of resignation, etc. what have you and um but uh um you know just realize that it's much easier for those who are not priests to leave because the only repercussions that they're often gonna have is you know maybe family and friends will say, Oh, you shouldn't be shouldn't have come back or whatever. If you're a Presbyter, of course, there's a lot more involved. Um like I said, there's uh but that's uh um that's the the way it is, but you look back at some of the great converts to the faith before, um, you know, let's say like uh, Father Faber who was uh Anglican, um, you know, he broke with Anglicans and, and left and um you know, he went through basically all kinds of persecution, et cetera, and Carl Newman and and, all these, you know, and Carl Manning, all these, you know, great converts from, um, say, um, Protestantism or what have you. is very similar. Um, and, and you're walking, you're beginning to walk in a lot of their footsteps as well. And so, but it's, uh, it's a necessary step, but you do have to repair yourself. It's not easy. Um, and, and you certainly must pray that, uh, you begin to die to any sort of human respect because like I said, they, uh, depending on the diocese or whatever, they will, they will try to make your life very difficult. Um, so, but if you begin to prepare yourself for that, uh, you know, you can, you can endure by God's grace, um, uh, by that way. So, uh, there's a lot involved, but is it is. Uh, necessary, but it is well worth it uh, because, you know, if you have that vocation and with more than likely, if you're thinking of this step and you've, I mean, you're more than likely have a true vocation there is that it'll be fulfilled um, and and you'll actually be much stronger um, and uh, much more uh, faithful uh, and much more uh, loving of God. Uh, in His providence, His grace, His mercy, um, when you have to go through this crucible. um, But it is
0: a necessary step. And we're so fortunate, Father, that that you're with us now.
1: Well, like I said, I always remind everybody, you know, it's only by the grace of God. And I I look at it myself. It was uh, was by the hands of our Blessed Mother. And, you know, sometimes our Blessed Mother is very gentle um, and very... you know, kind of uh, pushing uh, very gently, and as a good mother and that. But you know, sometimes, uh, like for some of us, uh, myself, um, that gentleness does, you know, work a little bit. But at some point, you know, she, for myself, she had to, she had to hit me with a two by four, which was good. I'm glad she did. Um, but uh, that certainly uh, I attribute to my conversion uh, to the grace of God and to the hands of our blessed mother.
0: Father, what is your status now? Um that you've been gone this long. Uh do you have any updates for us as kind of a continuation of all the other interviews and talks you've given?
1: Yeah, well I was uh um when I left again, you know, they they uh um you know, did their obligatory which you know it is kind of law, you know, they had sent you my me letters of you know, threatening me in regards to um you know uh, canonically et cetera, and all those things, which is certainly natural in, in that regards. And and then the last letter I think that I remember getting was that uh, they were sending my my case to Rome. And uh, you know, that was years ago actually and um just um uh, less than a month ago um I had uh um there's a knock on the on the church door and I answered and there's FedEx and and uh it was an envelope that was there and usually when i uh, i don't i didn't order anything i didn't have anything usually it and i get an envelope like that it, i I knew something was a uh, you know this is probably important i wonder what this is and so but i did open it up and finally that uh uh from it was from the diocese also from them the uh congregation of the faith in regards to in rome as well and all that all the signatures and all that sort of thing and you know, they had uh, finally, my case, I guess, was finally decided upon, and, and uh, so I'm officially now labeled a schismatic and uh, stripped of, of of all in regards to, you know, the, uh, the priesthood, et cetera, or whatever you want to do for the Noah Sordal. But um, I, I, my first reaction was, I, I had no reaction. Um, I was like, well, let's, I, you know, expect that. But my next reaction was, and I think I emailed this to one of the other priests, and I said, well you know, I can probably frame this. This is probably good because it's, it's a, it's a actual document saying that I am not a part of the radical Vatican two church. So that might be a good thing to frame, I suppose.
0: Well, father, if only we all could get such a document. (laughs) (laughs) Sure.
1: Well, yeah, well, it's, it's, like I said, it was, it means nothing to me because I mean, it, it, all it says is that I'm, like I said, not a part of Vatican II, uh, which is what I did anyway, because it's not the Catholic Church. So it just ratified it in my mind.
0: As we close out this last episode, we have covered the uh, Novus Soto priests, the uh, indult and Latin massism, issues of obedience, and uh, the practical steps of how to leave the Novus Soto as a Novus priest and the uh, father's given us a little update on, on his escape. I want to thank father Michael Oswald uh, for his time, uh, this season, uh, giving us all these episodes. Um, is there anything else father, as kind of a, uh, an end cap on a uh, escape from the Nova Sordo, uh, that you would like to add for the end? Well, I, I just, um, you know, as we are in the, um,
1: season of advent and it's uh, for those who are, uh, especially as we see now of, of how crazy it has gotten in, in, in the Milosordo. I mean, just in the last 10 years, things have been accelerating and imploding at a, at a rapid, rapid rate. And you know, those in the Minnesota who maybe are listening to this or have been listening to these shows, it may seem, you know, that uh, hope is dead or is dying, or um, you know, things are pretty bleak and. But you have to realize is that once you uh, understand is that the Novus is not the Catholic Church, um, that the promises of our Lord are alive, of course, and well. Is that the Church is alive and well? It is certainly small, um, it is certainly a remnant uh, throughout the world, um, but the faith is there because
2: uh,
1: our Lord promised, and His promises are always true. And in in the season of Advent now, we are um, we are having the the uh, uh, if you look at the a lot of the characters of so to speak of advent you know you look at the um like the angel um the angel who who brought uh the message uh to our blessed mother the annunciation and and, uh, and what a what a promise there and and uh, in that world of darkness uh, you know as we have is that the, that the, the light of our lord still shines and, and and the promise that was whispered to our blessed mother of course um, was fulfilled, and so there's a lot of. Uh, we certainly can despair uh, sometimes in this in in this life, uh, as we see the terrible things going around. But we almost keep in mind that uh, promises of our Lord are true, and it's uh, we're waiting in faith. Um, you know, we no longer we don't trust uh, the the um, you know the the earth the uh, the worldly spirit. You don't trust uh, uh, that. Uh, um, or we, we do it because we know God's message. We know um, uh, his promises um, and his promises are true and we trust in him. And so it is with that anticipation that, you know, even in the darkest of times, um, you know, our Lord uh, is ever there and ever ready uh, to give us the grace to persevere, to endure what we have to persevere and endure through. So you know what a uh, in this liturgical season, especially of Advent, you know the, the anticipation uh, that we uh, the preparation of 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 the incarnation of our Lord, the the, the birth of our Lord is um, you know it takes on a, almost a more profound uh, aspect each year as things again become imploding around us and and especially in the Novus Ordo. But you know that's uh, if you're in the Novus Ordo, is that you have to realize is that that all that is falling around you, again, is not our Lord, is not um, the promise of our Lord. The promise of our Lord is is in his church, and in his true church, in his Catholic church. And so um, that, you know, no matter what persecutions, no matter what darkness, whatever what things we have in the world, um, that rock stands and will stand to the end of time. And so that is quite consoling. Uh, that's where our hope comes in. And there's great hope. And even in the midst of tribulations, but the key is again: you have to recognize and see that light, and you have to leave. You have to leave that that darkness that uh, which is not leading to that light. Uh, it's not leading to our Lord. It's not. It's not our Lord. And but once you find Him uh, in the Church, um, as all every Catholic has done for two thousand years, uh, you you stand on that rock and you cling fast uh, um, in whatever may come and. You know you'll have to suffer, of course, as we all have to suffer, but uh there's merit meritorious suffering in there is that is necessary, but yet you'd be surprised at what you can endure and persevere through by the grace of God, and when you have that sacraments, when you have the truth, when you have the faith um so there is great hope in that regard and and uh but you have to make that first step and you have to say. Yes, I want to follow Christ. I want to follow. I want to be a Catholic. I want to be a true Catholic. Um, and the Noah Ordo is not it. Um, but the church is there. Um, but you have to you have to do your part uh, and by God's ways you can.
0: Father, how are uh, your catechism classes going at uh, St. Benedict's uh, this uh, end of the liturgical year now, Advent?
1: It's going well. We're doing apologetics and we're just finishing up uh, with, uh, I'll finish up tomorrow night with uh, the apologetics uh, in regards to the existence of God and, and that. And then we're going to intersperse things and talk about some of those points of Catholic history that are so uh, maligned and mis- and lied about. And I think, you know, just because of the times we live in, I thought probably the first one I'll talk about would be the Crusades thought that'd be a good one um so we'll begin probably that uh in a couple of weeks
0: and you can get the audio uh for these classes and father's sermons at st-benedict-hsv.org well father thank you so much for your time with this show and we'll uh we'll look forward to uh to you next season in season five and and what show or shows you'll you'll join us on uh next year Okay, thank you and uh, God bless you. I hope I was uh, at least some help to some
2: out there. God bless you.
0: We would again like to thank Nova Sorta of Watch for their generous sponsorship. NovaSortaWatch.org. If you have any questions for Father Michael Oswald or feedback on this episode, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at escape at truerestoration.org. And we will pass along your questions or comments to Father Michael Oswald and we would also take this moment to remind you that all correspondence with us are strictly confidential. All of us here at the Restoration Radio Network would ask that if you found this show to be informative, helpful, or in any way beneficial to you and to your faith, that you please consider sending a note of thanks to the clergy who helped make our network worthwhile. Remember that above and beyond material contributions, the most important donation you can make to our work here is prayer. Please think of offering a mass, a rosary, or even a simple Ave for our work the next time you pray.